from Nashville, Tennessee, you are listening to Mysterious Matters for those who dare to think. Now, tonight we are welcoming on not one guest, but two. In fact, they are returning Bob Mitchell and coming on for the first time ever is Jason Quitt. And Jason has a book out titled Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler. And on the very back of that book, it says that Jason, as a multidimensional time traveler, has experienced the past, the present, and the future. From ancient Egypt and Atlantis to our possible pre- and post-apocalyptic future. Jason has been a witness to our unrecorded history. Jason claims our world isn't what we think it is. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, Bob and Jason, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having us back, or having me back. This is the first time you're going to get to hear Jason, but uh, uh, I've always enjoyed your show. And we've always enjoyed having you on, Bob. Now, Jason, at the very beginning of this, of this show, I read the back of your book. It says that you are a multi-dimensional time traveler. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah? That is, that is correct. Absolutely. When did you begin to re- realize that you had this ability? Um, it really came to a head, I think, when I was around 22 years old. And that's when I started to have um, outer body experiences. And I would leave my body at night and I would start to play around um, in the astral. And suddenly beings would come to me and take me on uh, journeys. And I didn't realize it at first, but um, they were taking me uh, through different timelines. Hmm. Well, what do you mean by different timelines? Uh, or are we talking about timelines of our dimension or other dimensions? Both. 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 So I was going to other dimensions, other worlds, but I was also going back in time. And I was also going into future timelines of Earth history. Interesting. Now, Bob, when we last spoke, you had told me about a gentleman that you had uh, met. I guess it was last year and that you were going to write a book about that. He traveled through multi-dimensions. He was a time traveler. Now, I assume yeah. this is Jason. How did y'all meet? Yeah. Well, it was um, back uh, almost a year ago uh, next week, I guess it'll be, Uh we were both guest speakers at the uh, the first ever Alien Cosmic Expo in in my hometown of Brantford, Ontario, and um, uh, the organizer Joanne Eady uh, had told me that I have to meet this uh, fellow named Jason, and she didn't really tell me anything about him, but just that she thought we would get along, and he has an interesting story, and uh, and it had something to do with uh, Egypt, ancient Egypt, and that was about it. And at the time, I, I had just finished writing uh, Intrusion, Alien Encounters. And I, so I was selling that book at the, at the show and also doing a, a, my bid on that. And I was sitting at a table with uh, Stanton Friedman in the lobby of the, the hotel we were at. And uh, lo and behold, this uh, tall six foot five person came up to me and stared down at uh, me and the cover of my book. And, and on the cover of the book, there's a uh, a drawing of a, of a mantis and basically Jason, you know, looked at me and smiled and said that, you know, he's seen that being and, and basically said that, you know, that's exactly what it looked like. And, uh, and that was about it. And so, um, uh, I still didn't know what his story was or anything, but I, I made it a point that I, you know, I really want to go see what he has to say. So, um, went and saw his, uh, 
lecture and, and before he even got going into the lecture, the first thing that came out of his mouth basically was that uh, he had uh, come into his life with uh, pre-birth memories and in fact had had chosen his own parents. And and when I heard that, something just clicked in my mind uh, saying that, you know, geez, I, I got to write a book about this guy. This is this is interesting. This is this is different than the alien encounters I've been been writing about. And, and then he went on to talk about, you know, ancient Egypt and uh, and past lives. And and that even made it even more interesting. But at this point, I still had no idea that he was a multidimensional time traveler or or had lived past lives and in, 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 as different entities. Uh, uh, I just was interested in in, in his story as as it was, and um, we just clicked. And um, he had a, a it just occurred at the same time he wanted to write a, a book, and and I just showed up. I think Jason might be able to expand a little bit on that, but uh, he is the multi-dimensional time travel that I I told you about. Uh, I don't know any other one, <laughs> so <laughs> he's the only one I know at this point. Although he tells me there are a lot more of him around. Now, Jason, what what do you think of uh, a gentleman named Tidor? <laughs> um, well, it uh, like I know that he came um, on the radio. Um, I think it was around two thousand mm-hmm. um, on the coast to coast, and I didn't really listen to coast to coast back then, so I didn't really get a chance to hear him. But um, I've recently been talking to him um, because everybody's asking the question: Do I know John Teeter? Um, so I recently have been talking to him and getting contact, um, very interesting man today. I just don't know what he was like back then. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that he is a real time traveler? Um, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Uh, some of the, the stories he's told me, they kind of go exactly to what I've seen in the future. So that kind of verified things for me. But he's a different type of a time traveler. Jason is all... In the uh, multi-dimensional, well, well, John is a physical yes. time traveler, so completely different stories, and and uh, maybe completely different people. Jason, it, yeah. it it almost seems as though you have a superpower. You, you're a mutant, <laughs> <laughs> like the it's man. Well, you know, it's not something that um, I wanted to do or even knew about, and this is nothing that. You know, I meditated for, prayed for. This was kind of just thrown into my life, and I had to cope with it and deal with it. And it was almost like a, an awakening process. And, you know, I use the word multidimensional because um, all these events occurred when I would put my body to sleep and leave my body. So once I enter into this astral world, suddenly I have access to these type of abilities. But when I come back into the physical body, I'm just Jason. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone like John Teeter, you know, uh, who's a physical time traveler, um, I think he uses technology. Mm-hmm. And he's from another timeline. So, you know, do I think that's possible? At this point, I think anything is possible considering <laughs> what I'm telling people about myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and um, maybe Jason can explain um, the circumstances around... Uh, how he decided that he he could uh, do these out of body experiences because he was he was bothered by something uh, uh, an affliction that some people like well actually many people have these days right so um, in my early twenties um, I started to have a problem called sleep paralysis and I would go to sleep at night 
and I would feel myself being frozen in my bed and I couldn't move. All I can do is scream in my mind to wake myself up. And it's a very frightening uh, state to be in. It's almost like you're in a coma. You can't move, but you're completely awake inside your mind. Mm -hmm. And this was occurring almost every single night. And I can feel that there was something in the room with me when this was happening. I can feel a presence walking around the room. I can feel, um, I can even feel it before it came into the room because I could feel my body started to go into a freezing state and then I could feel something walking around. So I was really frightened. I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, I didn't know anything about these conditions. And one night, um, I was just really upset that this was now my new life of, you know, getting frozen at night. Then I decided that I'm going to try to fight this. So when I was frozen, I was trying to wake myself up and shake myself awake. And I guess I shook so hard that I popped myself out of my body. And I rose out of my body and I could see myself laying on the bed. And as I turned in front of me, I can see this very tall being uh, standing at the foot of my bed. And it looked like a dark shadow or a grim reaper type of being. And when I saw this figure standing there, um, it really shocked me because I, first I wasn't expecting to leave my body because so, that was a trip. And then I wasn't expecting to see the thing that was walking around my room. Clear as day, I can see it. And this scared me so much that I actually got sucked back in my body and I woke up, you know, with my heart pounding, thinking, you know, what did I just experience here? Because it absolutely wasn't a dream. It absolutely wasn't a hallucination. It was something so real that, you know, only people that have experienced it will tell you that it's like there's nothing like it, uh, you know, leaving your body. Um, it's quite an experience. It certainly is. And once I left my body, it opened a door for me and that door remained open. So after that night, um, I never had sleep paralysis again, but I was able to put myself into a deep state of uh, relaxation and then I would uh, move myself out of my body. So I started to actually leave my body on my own right now and just play around with this new experience. And, and a lot of the experiences weren't really nice. Uh the beings were showing him things that he really had no idea why he was being shown them, but they were showing him, you know, visions of the future that uh, were not very nice to uh, think about. Uh, I read that um, where you were shown possible pre and post futures, apocalyptic futures. Would you mind sharing some of those with us? Sure. Um, and like I said, you know, I started to leave my body and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of floating around my bedroom and, you know, hanging out and feeling what this new space is like. And then something changed where um, different beings would come and literally pull me out of my body at night. Mm. And they would just come, pull me out, and they'd shoot me up into outer space. I could see the earth below me. And then we would pick a location on the earth. And as I would go back down to that location and get dropped off, I'd realize it's not the timeline that I came from. So this is where we got the term, you know, astral time traveling or multidimensional time traveler, because it was almost like you're passing through dimensions or passing through timelines when you're out of your body. So you're having a multidimensional experience. And the first time 
they took me. I didn't know what was going on, you know, because I'm just being pulled and dropped off somewhere. And the first place they dropped me off, um, the earth was basically burnt. Um, it looked like the ground was completely scorched and the sky was uh, it's like a very dark red color. It almost looked like the sky itself was burnt as well. And, you know, they just leave me there to take in the environment to see what's going on. And really, it was just a desolate environment. Uh, you can see some tree stumps, but they were just kind of cinders. And um, then they pulled me down into the ground, um, into a bunker. And there was uh, a man in the bunker. And it looked like, a, a, a you know, someone would build something in their backyard. But um, whatever happened on this earth, um, it did not protect this person. So I got a sense he was suffering very much. Um, and then once I experienced that, I was pulled back up into outer space and then back down th uh, through the roof into my bedroom. And then I wake up. So I don't know why I was shown these things. And it just progressively got weirder and weirder. How do you know that what you're being shown is true and not a um, dream state? Well, I would say... Um, a dream state is, I would say, the first level of the spirit world, and it's a gateway into other dimensions. So we really don't understand the power of our dreams or what we can do from that state. Do I think they're real experiences? They're definitely real experiences, but is it a real timeline that I'm seeing? That I'm not sure. Um, wh what I get a sense is that these are potential timelines that are being weaved as we collectively write our own future. So it's almost like they can show us uh, an event coming down the line. And just by seeing it and experiencing it, we come back into time and uh, we make certain changes. And then we change that uh, timeline from happening. Hold on. I'm having some issues here. <laughs> My internet is going in and out. I'm sorry about that. Oh, oh, he's back. Yes, I am. I hate charter internet. I'm telling you. <laughs> Well, we were talking, but we weren't sure you heard any of it. But, uh, uh, well, we were just saying that you just went into a different timeline. And now you're back. You've joined our timeline again. Yes. So what I think is that, and what me and Bob were, were discussing, um, and there are many, many timelines. We have a lot of static on your line right now, Jason. Okay, hold on. Let me that, try to fix I, that. I wasn't sure if that was you or me. Let me see if I can fix this. Is it better now? No. No. Okay, hold on one second. Technical issues. It always happens at the worst time. How, how about now? Much better. Okay, I'll better, keep it like this. You still, <laughs> got those, still got those very expensive earphones that uh, you want to throw away? Yeah, I want to throw them away now because okay. they don't work. <laughs> <laughs> so, te yeah, technology these days, I don't know what to... To do with it, maybe you know the Earth's magnetic field and GPS satellites and all this stuff. Or, well, the GPS was down uh, over the week. Maybe it's still down. I don't know. Yeah. So there's all these weird electrical anomalies going on. It's affecting the internet. It's affecting uh, technology. Um, so what's happening on this timeline? What's happening on Earth? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe someone will have those answers. <laughs> You know, yeah. you know, before Jason, you know, found out that he could, um, you know, basically, you know, leave his body at will. Mm -hmm. uh, when he was a young, really youngster, like he, 
he knew that he was a little bit different and he, he had past lives and, and uh, but at that point he really didn't link it to being an astro traveler. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about you know, your friend and, and what you realized in, in even you know coming into this earth in this timeline. Yeah, um, sure. Um, I found that I was actually um, astral traveling as a child. And I was even having past life experiences or past life rememberings um, as a young child. And when I would tell my parents about what was happening, um, they would basically just say, I'm having a nightmare. And everybody has nightmares and it's completely normal. So I just assumed that what I was experiencing um, with uh, my outer body experiences and going back and viewing past lives, um, I just thought that's what a nightmare was. So I had no concept of that. And I remember when I was um, about 11 years old, uh, I went to a new school and I made some new friends. And there was one uh, guy there. Uh, we became uh, very close friends. And all these memories of a past life that we uh, had together uh, came right back to me. And I was very emotional uh, because I could just remember who this person was. And I, I remember telling them, you know, don't you remember who we were? We, you know, we lived um, a past life together. And don't you remember who I am? Um, I killed you in a past life. And you know, I was 11 years old when mm. I started to, you know, tell people about the past lives I would see with them. But I realized right away that even at 11 years old, they look at you like you're crazy. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people don't want to hear that. Right. Or it's not they don't, they don't want to hear about it. It's just they have no remembrance or they have nothing to um, connect to it um, in their belief system. Yeah. So... Um, from that point on, I just kind of kept quiet. I didn't really share anything um, that came to me because I knew that, you know, people wouldn't understand or people wouldn't see um, the world the way I do. And I just kind of lived a very normal childhood uh, besides, you know, seeing the odd ghosts here and there and you know, having things in the bedroom trying to talk to you or take you on a journey. <laughs> Could you describe what these beings look like that would appear to you and wanting to take you on a journey? Sure. Um, they just look like shadows. It, it really just looks like a shadow. It looks like a humanoid form, but you can't make out any features. They just look like uh, shadow beings. So a shadow person. That, that's the only way I could describe it, yeah. And, and Jason wondered that when he went into these other timelines... Uh, because he's there in a, in a conscious state, not in a physical state, uh, he wonders if people actually are seeing him as a shadow and you know, that he is basically freaking out people in their timeline. You know, that's something I've always wondered because you hear all the time about the shadow people, these shadow beings that people spy just mm -hmm. at the corner of their eyes. If, if they might be interdimensional time travelers and we're just not able to see their complete form because we're on different layers. Mm -hmm. and, and like Jason believes, we all can do what he's been doing. Uh, it's just that it's, it's something that's been 
deliberately blocked, I guess is the way to put it, uh, throughout our history. Mm, it's been diluted and, over the years. Yeah, and he's and he has a, a purpose to be back on on in this timeline because um, you know he believes that he's lived multiple lives in 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 different um, dimensions and, and in different bodies, not just in a in a human form. And, there, and there's a specific reason why he's back in this timeline. Um, maybe he can expand on that. It, I know it, it's, it gets into a lot of uh, things people hard to grasp, but uh, we've tried to explain it in as simple terms as possible in the book. Yeah, you know, I, I just want people to know a little more about, you know, what reincarnation is. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily a, a human trait. Um, so we can live multiple lives as human beings, but we could also live um, throughout time and space and even dimensions at the same time we're living here physically. So as I'm here physically, I'm also living multiple lives as different beings on different planets and different dimensions as well. And you are as well. And so is Bob. Um, we just have this separation of consciousness when we're here. And uh, when we start to have these awakening experiences, um, those divisions uh, start to get um, uh, dissolved. And we start to realize that um, we're basically multidimensional beings living multiple existences. And there's no such thing as time. Uh, when you leave your body or when you enter into the fourth dimension or higher, um, basically time as you know it is non-existent. So, you know, you can travel the past and the future or throughout space and have experiences and come back to your body and wake up the next morning. So, you know, time is not what we think it is once we leave our bodies. Mm-hmm. So in a way, we could go to sleep and we could leave our bodies and we could think that it was a dream. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I don't know why. Well, I, I have a pretty good idea of why um, this has been taken out of our experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the Native Americans um, and many different shamanic cultures, this is normal life for them. You know, they always talk about the spirit world and the dream world being the same. And they have all these amazing shamanic traditions on how to navigate the spirit world. And basically, uh, Western ideas have come over here and completely wiped out all that knowledge. Um, and, you know, and, and put in the church and put in these other belief systems that have totally cut out this whole realm of experience for us. But there's still shamanic traditions and cultures that this is normal everyday life for them. But there's also something in our DNA, I guess you would say, Jason, that uh, in humanity that that is is built into the DNA to not allow us to experience a lot of the things you've experienced. Yeah, and I think also uh, trauma is a big reason where you know the human race has been completely traumatized for thousands of years and it's from all those traumas that we've you know blocked ourselves from or created a false reality for ourselves 
Um, and this is where the whole uh, healing um, or shamanic traditions of healing come in because um, basically what that is is you have to heal yourself um, of all these traumas and all these wounds before you could start to activate this dormant DNA or activate your access to the spirit world uh, to receive information, to travel, and to uh, release your karma so you're no longer pulled or stuck in certain levels of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, and you have an interesting story to tell about um, why you needed to heal yourself and, and how you did it. Yeah, so like I said, I never chose um, to go down this path. It was almost like put right in front of me and I was forced to go down this path because I was very sick at the time. And basically, when I would have visitations and these beings would speak to me, um, they would speak telepathically. Um, So you would hear your own voice in your head with a being standing in front of you. And they would say to you, or they would say to me, um, you need to heal yourself before you can go on your journey, before you can become who you become, you need to heal yourself. And I really didn't know what that meant. And I was actually quite scared because, you know, I thought I was uh, dying. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was uh, I was about 40 pounds underweight and I wasn't sleeping at night and mm. I couldn't really eat anything. It would always upset my stomach. So I really thought I was in bad shape. And, you know, to hear that these beings all they keep telling me is I need to heal myself. Um, I thought I was dying. So, you know, I went to all these doctors and ran every test they could. And um, they all came back saying that I'm a very healthy person, which was uh, very strange for me because I had all these physical issues. But um, since doctors wouldn't help me, suddenly I started to get other messages um, from these beings saying, you need to learn Qigong. And, um, you know, Qigong is an ancient uh, martial art um, for cultivating energy or moving energy through the body. And I started to um, practice these Qigong methods and it completely changed my life. Um, You know, I was having like really amazing experiences at night where I would travel and, you know, speak with other beings or go to other places. But when I came back to my physical body, I was just Jason. You know, I had no ability. I, I couldn't feel energy. I couldn't see energy. I couldn't hear any beings. You know, I wasn't psychic or a channeler at all. But it took about a year of practicing Qigong until something clicked inside of me where I can physically feel energy. And it feels like uh, magnetic fields and electric currents. Like that's what it actually physically feels like to me. So I became completely sensitive to the energy running through my body and around me. And I did that by practicing Qigong. It was amazing because you know the acupuncture dolls where you have all those uh, points on your body? Yes. That turned on for me it was like I can feel all those points on my body and if I would eat a food that wasn't good for me I would feel some of these points just start to really um, put pressure or feel pain in these points Hmm. Um, so I was like this acupuncture doll walking around and (laughs) I went to a a health show um, and I saw this booth that was selling these things called uh, ferro cylinders and they were just uh, two um, cylinder rods um, that are made of stone. 
And when I put those in my hand, I started to feel energy going through my body. It was very powerful. And I couldn't believe the strength of it because it would take me about a half an hour of practicing Qigong to feel that effect. Whereas I just grabbed these stones and now I feel that through my body. So it's like an instant charger or however you want to call it. So I bought these uh, ferro cylinders and I brought them home with me and I started to practice uh, with the Qigong and I started to get tremendous pain in my body. So, you know, uh, healing is not the easiest thing to do, but it's definitely uh, necessary to release the blockages that people have. And when I would hold these cylinders, I get tremendous pain in my body and I would move my arms into different postures until I could feel the energy being built up and push the pain out of my body. And once I started to do this practice, um, my journeys uh, completely changed. And at nighttime, when I would go to sleep, I would be uh, taken back in time to uh, lifetimes in Egypt. And I'd be standing in a temple and there would be a, a pharaoh looking guy in front of me and they would just stand in these postures and I would copy the postures they're standing in. And as I did that, I can feel something open up above my head and all this energy flow through my body. And I started to be taught this whole system of these postures in the, these uh, travels. And I think, I don't think I know that these postures or Qigong um, completely changed my life because before that, um, I had terrible stomach issues. I could barely eat food. Um, that went away. I was, uh, I would say I was dyslexic. I couldn't uh, read or write properly. I couldn't spell at all. And that just went out the door. I don't know how that happened, but all those issues went away. And I also stuttered a lot. So when I spoke, I would always stutter my words. And that just completely went away. So just by doing these postures, I had all these physical um, problems just completely disappear on me. And it, doing these postures in Qigong, it enhanced this spirit world. It enhanced the dimensional travel. It enhanced uh, the contact with different beings. So when I, you know, a lot of people are coming forward, you know, as they're saying they're abductees or um, they're having physical encounters with alien beings. Um, none of my experiences were physical. So when I leave my body, I can now experience that world. And I came in contact with a lot of different beings. Like Bob said earlier about the mantis, I've had experiences with different mantid beings, different beings that, you know, are very small. They're kind of like the size of Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, very, very tall beings, uh, dimensional beings. And um, I've seen um, reptilians, um, gray-like beings, but mm -hmm. the grays we talk about. And, um, and then I've seen beings that I, I cannot really describe to people. Like they look like they're made of water, like water beings. Elementals. <laughs> yeah, they look like... Um, like liquid mercury uh, with lights, like amoeba type beings with different lights going through them. 
um, like there's just a whole realm of different beings out there that I've encountered. Um, but it's all been in outer body experiences. Mm -hmm. Do it's you think that these, uh, these clear water-like beings that they might be the, what we call the human soul or a soul of some kind? Um, I would think so. In fact, um, you know, when you leave your body, it's very hard to kind of look down at your own hands. So it's like, you really have to try to see yourself <laughs> in these states. And I remember looking at my own arms and it was almost like water with light going through it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Because the consciousness in is another way of calling your soul too, right, Jason, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So it's you can use either the same uh, phrase. Um, because, I mean, I, th I think Jason understands or, or certainly believes strongly that, um, you know, we're living one existence now, but when we die, we... We we we're energy, so we don't really die. Our, our consciousness moves just moves on into a different multi-dimension, mm -hmm. and and uh, you know from there we can go many places, uh, back and forth, and, um, and and everybody else is there too in that same time because as he says, we all live multi-dimensions at the same time. Yeah. So it's it's quite understandable that when you die, you see your loved ones in this other dimension because they're there too just to stay somewhere else yes i've always wondered i've always believed that we our, our souls are or our consciousness is split among multiple dimensions that we are living multiple lives all at the same time but i've always wondered how these split consciousness of of ours if they're also combined somehow i've wondered that too if like let's say um a different version of yourself let's say dies Will that consciousness now come and now you have more energy because this other aspect of you is now um, past? Or would you feel that something is going to happen to you or has happened to you and yet you're thinking, you know, I'm fine? Yes. And I've also had experiences where I'd be, I'd be called dimensionally to other worlds and I would witness a passing of another being. And I, I was... I never really understood why I was shown these things or why I've been called to like to watch other beings pass. And now that I think about it, I think that those other beings were actually myself in other forms. And so, it's almost like I'm going there to be with myself as that self is passing. So in these other dimensions, you don't always look like yourself. No. No, multiples of different forms and beings. In your experience, in your travels, have you ever been to a dimension where the world and the people are almost exact duplicates of us? Exact duplicates of human beings? Of, of human beings, there's an exact duplicate of you sharing a similar soul. Uh, no, I've never seen myself, but I have seen myself in other timelines. So it's like I've seen myself as older I've seen myself with long hair, <laughs> you know, like, so I'll see myself um, in different living situations. Tell, tell him about the boy. The boy. Okay. <laughs> what boy? Because that's, that's a little interesting one. Uh, and, and it's why we, and, and it sort of under, it gives you an understanding why most of us can't uh, know about the other dimensions at the same time. Yes. All right. So 
Um, like I said, I'm an avid uh, outer body uh, traveler. And there was mo one moment um, in my experience where I was leaving my body 30 to 40 times a night. So I would leave my body and I'd see a portal open up in the bedroom. I'd be pulled into the portal. I feel myself traveling long distances. And then my consciousness is shot back into my physical body and I wake up and then I do that same thing again and, and I go through different portals in the room, but I have no consciousness or no memory of where I'm going or uh, what's happening. All I know is I'm leaving and going someplace. So this really frustrated me for a long time because I know I'm leaving my body. I know I'm going through these portals, but I have no memories connected to it. So I kept asking, I, I want myself to remember what's happening when I go through that portal. And one night I got that wish and I go through the portal and then suddenly I'm out in outer space and I see the stars and there's a being behind me. I can't see them, but I can feel them holding my shoulder behind me. And I said, where are we going? And they said, we're going to Pegasus, which I guess is a, uh, the constellation Pegasus. And we're, we come up to this planet, which is a, um, it was like an ice world. And uh, the poles were very big and there was only green um, around the equator of this planet. And we went, right down in and my consciousness was actually inserted into the body of a young boy on this planet. So I basically woke up in this world as Jason, but in another body. So this was actually really exciting for me because, you know, just, just imagine waking up on another planet and being you, um, but you have a different body. So I was actually running around, they dropped me off in a school so I kind of interrupted a class and I was talking to the other kids around me and trying to figure out what my name was, where are we, what's the date, and everybody was looking at me like I was insane. Maybe I was talking in English and they don't know English. <laughs> but then I just uh, ran around the school trying to find the library because I wanted to see what kind of books they had. And I think I was just causing way too much of a commotion that I was yanked out of the body and taken back to my bedroom. And the, you know, the message I got from these beings that took me was that we're living many lives in many places throughout time and space. And, you know, let's say um, your consciousness has your memories and experiences from your life on earth. And it can't infect the other life forms that are trying to evolve. So that's why these divisions are in place. And this is why we can't influence ourselves in these other worlds, because we would probably do a whole lot of damage. I would say we're, our minds would definitely infect mm -hmm. <laughs> um, other conscious beings out in the universe. Mm -hmm. Jason, ha have you been able to help Bob... Mitchell to be able to travel these multi-dimensional highways? Um, yeah, well, I've got him started. He's got me started. Uh, not on that sense, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little story that happened uh, to us about, um, I guess it was a month ago now. Yep. Um, Jason's been in Japan for about three weeks touring with his uh, 
powers of posture. And uh, so just before he went, we were at the Toronto Health Show, which is one of the biggest health shows in North America. And Jason also has uh, one of the, the premier collection of crystals uh, in North America, if not in the world. Uh, I mean, a private collection of crystals that he that he sells and, and hand picks them from from various places around. And um, as we were, you know, selling our books there, and he was selling the crystals, many people were 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 coming up to the booth and, you know, just uh, telling us all about the the great experiences they've had using his power of postures and also with the crystals. And there was one lady I remember who, who said that she had been uh, deaf uh, for most of her life. And she was only, I think in her mid twenties, 25 maybe. And she said, after doing the power of postures, she could hear again. And, and uh, so that was kind of mind blowing that had, you know, a, a testimony that unsolicited just came up to the booth. But the one thing I noticed was that, People who were into crystals, and that wasn't me. Uh, to me, a crystal was just some kind of decoration. But people who were into crystals and knew the power of, of crystals, and th they would hold these crystals and close their eyes, and it was almost as if they were having this religious experience. It, it, it seemed that they were in bliss, and they all could feel the vibrations of, of the crystals. Now, Jason is a very highly vibrational person. He He is so sensitive to so many things that like he's always vibrating I guess and and uh, and of course I don't feel that and so I took two of the crystals and you know held them in my hand closed my eyes and had nothing you know and I kind of felt kind of envious because all these people seem to be having this great experience and I and I wanted to be a member of this club so uh, he told me to grab this uh, very unique crystal and put it in my left hand and and breathe as if I was breathing in through my left hand and breathing out through my right hand. And I did this several times, um, didn't feel anything, um, wasn't sure what I was supposed to feel, but I, I didn't feel any vibration or anything like that. And then went back to selling our books. And and within about an hour, my my left arm, where I had been breathing in, started to ache. And, and I mean ache. Uh, and it got to the point where I could barely lift my left arm. And it, the nearest thing I could it, uh, say it felt like was I once broke my right shoulder. And when I did that, my entire arm went numb and painful for a long time. And I had to be in a, in a sort of, not a cast, but I had a, you know, a sling for a while. So that was the feeling of my left arm. And uh, on the drive home, I, I literally had to use my right hand to, to do the turn signals. And um, I went home that night and, you know, took some Tylenol and woke up the next morning and knew I had to get back at the show. And uh, it wasn't any better. In fact, it was probably worse. And uh, I, I couldn't figure it out because I hadn't lifted anything other than a book all day. And... Uh, when I got to the show, you know, Jason had explained to me that, uh, that we have both an energy body and a physical body, and there was a blockage. Jason can probably explain it better than I can, but there's a blockage in in my energy level, and there's always pain associated with it until that blockage goes away. And he assured me it would go away, and uh, a couple of days later, the pain just completely disappeared. Um, my rational mind says I have no idea where the pain came from or why it was there, or how it went away. But 
I have to assume that Jason knows what he's talking about. Um, So he said, I'm sort of on the very first kindergarten step towards uh, feeling this enlightening that everybody else seems to be aware of. (laughs) (laughs) So I I saw it firsthand and I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Yes. Well, you you know, and Jason, you can expand upon this, but I've spoken with several individuals before on reincarnation and everything that I've been hearing is that sometimes in your past lives, if, if you are shot or if you're murdered or, or if you have some kind of wound, that you can actually bring that back as a spiritual wound of some kind and it will block whatever it is in this life. And you really have to work on that spiritual wound before you can unlock your new potentials. Absolutely. Uh, these things get carried forward. They become memories in our energetic DNA. And it was like I I was doing healings. Well, I won't give too many details, but um, I, it's like, I got this past life thing from a person that I was doing a a healing on. And I was saying there was this uh, child, this little girl that was, uh, you know, she had this huge trauma because her parents died at a young age and she was left to fend for herself. And this was six lifetimes ago. And this woman just broke down in tears saying, that's exactly what happened in this life. Mm. I said, so every life for six lives, the same event has occurred in her life. So it was almost like this pattern was installed from this trauma and it continued to play itself out um, until it was released and healed energetically. So she wouldn't carry it forward to the next life. Um, also, um, let's say that, um, you know, someone is, is uh, in perfect health and they wake up one morning and they don't feel um, anything from the knee down. Like it's totally um, numb and painful and they can have no explanation why they feel this way. And then we're doing, let's say, a past life healing. And at that age, in a past life, they lost their leg. So in this life, at that age, suddenly this energetic blueprint kicked in that in a past life, they've lost their leg. And now they're physically feeling pain. And if it continues without getting a heal, they'll probably lose their leg in this life as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, and... I think that um, the beautiful thing about healing or, or energy itself is that there is no time or space when it comes to energy. So I can work on that person or, you know, a skilled energy healer can work on that person and they can send the healing back to that timeline or wherever it is, heal it there. And then suddenly the pain goes away here. Mm-hmm. Was uh, that what was going on with Bob when he was encountering that pain that he had a uh some kind of a spiritual wound that he had to work on? That's correct. And like he said, he broke his arm, and it was the same pain when he broke his arm. Um, so that memory was still there. And uh, we have a whole energetic system that is basically atrophied. We mm-hmm. don't use it at all. Um, so when Bob was breathing into the crystal, it was almost like he's using his energetic lungs. And he hasn't used them ever. <laughs> and so, so I tapped into a past life, you're saying? What I'm saying is that there is definitely a wound, a definitely a blockage in that arm. And uh, you've experienced a broken arm and that pain before. And it's probably not the first life 
that you've experienced that pain in that broken arm. So as you are breathing through it, the crystal and the energy uh, lines through the body, we're opening up to say, okay, this block is in the way. We have to move it if the energy of this crystal or the energy of the universe can come through these energy vessels. Uh, and it just and it just had to go away on its own, basically. Basically, well, the the way I like to describe it is, uh, think of it as an yeast trough, mm-hmm. and it rains, but the yeast trough is filled with leaves. Okay. Okay, so that's kind of like your meridian systems. It's just like a gutter that's filled with all this junk and leaves and mud. Because there were so many other people around the booth who knew I was experiencing pain, and they tried to do energetic healings on me to get my arm. Uh, to feel better, and and I don't know whether they helped or hurt, because <laughs> because um, whatever they were doing, it wasn't helping. That's for sure. And, well, you know, you're trying to put a fire hose through a straw. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's not a good feeling to do that. But they all seemed to be surprised that they couldn't make my pain go away. It was something that you had to heal yourself, I believe. Yeah, I, I guess. It's just like like Jason said, you have to heal yourself. Yeah, we have to go through our own process. And it's like, I just tuned it into Bob and I just got, you know, there's nothing for me to do. It'll be gone in, in a couple days. It's just yeah. has to go through the process. And, and it and it did. It just completely vanished, like, for nothing, um, which, which was mind-boggling in itself. But uh, I really wouldn't want to experience that pain again <laughs> um but uh I, you know when we haven't got into this yet but but jason has um you know because he's experienced so many past lives and and um has been shown and and told things uh there's a whole other section of our of our book uh, forbidden knowledge revelations of a multi-dimensional time traveler that uh deals with um, the forbidden archaeology that mainstream archaeologists really don't want people to even know is a possibility. Uh, that, you know, they're quite happy to say that you know mankind civilization's only been here about maximum of six thousand years, and anything before that didn't exist. But but Jason has lived past lives in in many different Earth times when there has been many different civilizations way before. The current civilization of, of we consider modern time, and including Atlantis, uh, it wasn't a fake place. It was a real place to him, and and he, what you lived there different times at over fifty thousand years or something like that. Yeah, but you know when you go back to this uh, hidden history, uh, it's just very strange that nobody will say that there was a human being at a high civilization beyond uh, 6,000 years. Uh, now they've pushed it to about uh, 10,000 years with the discovery of uh, Golbeki uh, Tepe in, in Turkey. Because they can't explain it. <laughs> well, yeah, but that thing was buried 10,000 years ago. Or actually, it wasn't even buried 10,000 years. It was buried almost 11,500 years ago. It was buried mm-hmm. intentionally. And that means that it was actually much um, earlier. It was probably about 15,000 years old. So for some reason, nobody, even, even main, or I would even alternative archaeologists will never go back further than that 10,000, 11,000 years. Um, mm-hmm. 
because you know they say Cro-Magnum came in about thirty thousand, and you know <laughs> that's our ancestors. But it's just simply um, not true. Um, there were many civilizations um, pre um, ten thousand years, and even here where I live, uh, we, well, we live up in uh, Ontario, and uh, there's a place called Manitoulin Island which is native territory and it's always been native territory. And there was an archeologist there in the twenties, I believe. Um, and he discovered um, an ancient civilization up there. And when they dated it, it was about 150,000 years old. Wow. And um, he thought this would make his career because <laughs> he yeah. made the most amazing discovery. It ruined it. And yeah, he was basically fired and never worked again. And even the, um, I think it was the, um, who was it? It was like the president of the um, Canadian Museum wanted to publish that article of his discovery. And then he was also fired. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. who's firing the president? <laughs> and, and just recently, I think uh, the Smithsonian there was a whistleblower at the Smithsonian Institute that came out and, and said that, yeah, they did have all these giant skeletons and they were uh, destroyed because um, they didn't want people to know that there was a race of giants uh, yes. in North America. There was a race and, of giants in Kentucky, actually, where the Native Americans yeah. were fighting against them. Yeah. And, and who were the race of giants? Well, maybe the Anunnaki. Yeah. So there's many times in our past and prehistory where we've had to deal with maybe invaders, uh, beings that came to our planet and tried to take over. And there are many wars in our past and even many wars between different alien races that tried to get different territory on this planet. Um, and we see uh, monolithic archaeology all over the world and ancient civilizations that predate anything that we know. Um, so I think that the people at the very top, they know exactly the history of the planet, but we're not supposed to know the history of the planet. Um, Is it also you know. possible that the forbidden knowledge, the forbidden history, is actually being cloaked away from the majority of people by some society, some beings that we don't even know exist? Is there a secret society, a secret race of beings in charge of releasing this knowledge maybe maybe they've never left the planet and they hide behind secret societies and erase all the knowledge that they even exist mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah i i think that's that's more likely and and it's one of the reasons why you know people like hillary clinton and and you know bill clinton um i'm not sure they know everything but they knew they do know enough and and when, you know, she says that she's going to come out and, and release some things if she gets elected, well, I think that even if that happens, um, she's not going to release everything. She'll release the bare bones just to get people off her back, basically. Because to release, you know, imagine if we, you know, if she let it known that there was uh, an, an ancient alien species that was actually controlling the world uh, in cahoots with American and maybe some other governments, uh, what would that do to society? You know, it, 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 
never mind the religious aspects of it, just the way America is today with uh, there's so many people angry about so many things. Uh, I can see it uh, really getting even worse if that happened. Mm -hmm. But could she do that without being taken out of the picture? Because well, that's yeah. Somebody's out there doesn't want this information out. I don't think it would ever come out publicly um, from a president um, or anybody um, that high, Um, because if anything came out, um, basically we, we would we would learn that they've known about this for a very long time. They've had technology to heal the world, to get us off fossil fuels. They've had this for almost a hundred years or more Mm -hmm. and they kept it to themselves. And, you know, maybe there's even colonies in other galaxies already. And Mm -hmm. I actually do not doubt that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, we're given a false reality when there's people out there that live in a completely different world than ours, that have the technology, that have the information, and it's not being shared with us. So we continue to just kill each other and believe nonsense, um, and we're left in the dark. Mm-hmm. Now, Jason, do you have knowledge of our possible future? Because yeah. if, if you're thinking about it now, if you look at what's going on now, we have the Orlando sh- club shooting, Yep. We have wars all over the place. Are there different timelines for us? And have you seen all possible timelines? I haven't seen all possible timelines. Um, I've just been shown the nasty stuff, mm-hmm. which yeah, I don't even yeah, really yeah. want to go. He hasn't seen things. anything that's really nice, put it that way. Yeah, maybe. no, I haven't seen anything that's nice. Um, and I, the messages that I get from these higher beings is just... Um, we have to take responsibility for our, our own consciousness and our own energies. And right now, it's almost like there's um, people above us that are pulling our strings and making us think the way we think and making us believe what we believe. And through media and you know watching the news, we're basically taught what to think, how to feel, and that keeps us on this very negative path. So the only way we we can shift this is individually. So each person has to take responsibility for, you know, what goes through their mind, what they see, what they experience and how they process that information. And then the more individual people that take this responsibility will start to see how ridiculous um, the world really is. And they can see right through all the garbage. And they know that all this stuff is scripted and they know all this stuff is designed years and years ago. And it's just being played out um, over the long term to get us down a certain road. But, but the planet is in trouble. We, can, we know that. And, and well, if we don't do anything, it's What can we worse. do? Well, I mean, individually, it's, it's got to be, I guess, one step at a time. But, you know, Jason will say you have to collectively think positively rather than negatively and that will do something shift the paradigm or something but i think in a fit that's in a in a multi-dimensional kind of thinking but i think in a physical world um you know we you have to push the governments to stop using fossil fuels to start you know if there is 
another alternative out there. It has to be done now, not 10 years from now. But the government is an oil government. So yes, it's, that's the whole problem. Th that's the problem. And okay, so multidimensionally, yes, you change your karma, change your mind, and you shift your own timelines, which is great for a spiritual enlightenment, but you still have to live and deal with the physical world. And the physical world's in trouble. I mean, you know, you just listen to the scientists, you know, they say the ocean's going to be dead in 30 years. Um, mm. You know, if the ocean's dead in 30 years, where are we? Uh, we're dead. We're dead too. Yeah. And I was telling Jason off air, like there was a story today that came out saying we've reached the, the 400 carbon dioxide per parts per million level for the first time. And apparently that's a, a key landmark, meaning that we're never going to go back to what it was before the pre-industrial era, which was 200 parts per million. Um, I'm not quite sure what 400 parts per million does to us other than increases the greenhouse effect, I think, but uh, it makes the polar ice melt and the seas will rise. But apparently there's no way to reverse this. So like, this is as good as it's going to get. Like I said, I went to the year 2048. All right. One of these journeys, I went to 2048. And what I realized when I was there was it was like 10 to 20 degrees hotter than it should be. And mm. that's the, kind of the impression I got when I was there was, but, well, when I was there in that timeline, I was actually living out of the back of a car in a forest, <laughs> hiding under the shade. And I just couldn't believe how hot it was outside. Um, I think if it was that hot outside, I would go live in a cave. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I was that hiding under the trees. You and a million other people. <laughs> <laughs> Crowded cave. Yeah. But, you know, that's what scientists say. You know, 30, 40 years from now, it is going to be 30 degrees hot, hotter, which which means that uh, no disease is going to be more rampant, I think, in swampy areas and southern areas and, and you know, places that are colder are going to be melting. So seas are going to rise and the fish are going to get poisoned. Mm -hmm. So it's it's it's... And I guess when it's hotter, it's also people are going to be more susceptible to the sun. And you know, see, what's just everybody says, you know, what's the answer? What's the solution? And the only real solution there is, is to crash the entire world economy. And just everybody decides not to go to work, not to use the bank, not to vote. And we're talking about not just people, but the army, police, all those individuals have to leave their jobs and it will be absolute chaos and people will have to fend for themselves. But it's, it's almost like you have to kill that cancer, you know, mm -hmm. and start again and start farming and getting away from all this stuff we've entangled ourselves in. And I don't see that happening. I don't see no. people doing that. If it was possible, you still have, uh, you know, a billion people in China where, they can't even go outside some days because the oh yeah smog. So, so even if the rest of the world did what you know everything they could, China would have to uh, completely shut down. Basically, yeah. yeah, the whole world would have to just stop. Yeah, the and, smog uh, is so bad in China you could cut it with a knife, I guess. Yes, yes. Well, they they said there's days you don't go outside. They tell people not even to, and, you know, to. They talk, work. About, they talk about carbon taxes and all this other, you know, governmental things that they want to implement. And 
all that will do is people will pollute more and then just pay money because they pollute. Mm -hmm. it, it does not solve any problem. It just gives them incentive to do it more because they create more income by polluting more. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I am a huge fan of Dr. Michio Kaku, and I know we're talking yeah. about the physical world yeah. and the spiritual world. As a theoretical physicist, he's spoken about how our world isn't physical at all. It's a holographic image projected yeah. to us. So yes. if, if it truly is a holographic image, then we should be able to somehow manipulate it, correct? Absolutely. But we have to be at the, the level of connectedness to that hologram to affect change. Um, for example, I, like I'll just tell you, like I, I tell things in stories just because that's how I learn. Mm -hmm. um, like one night I was having a dream and I was on this beach and it was a beautiful beach. And I woke up from this dream. Uh, so now I'm in my bed, but I'm looking around my bedroom and I'm still on the beach. So now my bed is on the beach <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out like, am I still dreaming? Like, what's going on? I just woke up. And I see a portal open up to the left of me. And it sucked the beach scene, like paint, into the portal, revealing my bedroom behind it, like the holodeck. Mm. And I was completely awake when this happened. I was just, like, stunned watching this whole transformation from the dream world to the physical world. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, like... Are we living in a hologram? Are we living in a holodeck? Um, did I just like see a glitch in the system? <laughs> you know, so that there's, you sometimes see cracks. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I bet you're not the only one. I bet not. And people who, who have seen it don't tell anybody because they don't want to think they're crazy. <laughs> they don't want to be put in a loony bin. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, but, you know, it's, it's always those things you wonder about that. Uh, what if? What if? And that's, but, that's why I like to say we, we don't live in the world we think we live in. No, we but don't. Think of the, uh, the masters. Like you hear these masters from India or, or all over the world where um, they can manifest things or uh, teleport or um, just bring things into existence. And this is not new. This has been going on forever um, do these beings reach a certain level of connectingness that they can manifest things into the hologram using their mind, consciousness, and energy? And I think it's definitely possible. Yes. Jason, have you, in your travels, have you ever found your way into the lower dimensions? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are those like? It's it's not very nice. Um, there are many... Um, I'll just call them discarnate beings or lower astral beings um, that feed off humankind or feed off emotions and thought forms. And, uh, you, you know, you can call them demons or, you know, we've called them many different things uh, in many different cultures. But um, they definitely exist and they influence us a lot in these lower dimensional worlds. Um, they implant thought forms, they implant emotions and then once that's in your body, uh, they can manipulate those energies and basically get a strong connection to you and take your energy from you. So living in a physical sense, we actually create food or energy to higher or lower dimensional uh, beings. How are they uh, impacting our lives? Is there a 
bridge from their world to our consciousness or how no, are they influencing us our consciousness like we are multi-dimensional beings so we're living a physical existence but our energy that we carry is touching many dimensions at once so it's touching the world that they reside in as well and um, for example you ever hear uh, the term pushing someone's buttons mm-hmm okay so we carry wounds within us, we carry emotions and thought forms and all these energetic patterns of trauma or experience. Um, and that's always a part of us. Now let's say we have uh, a pattern in us of fear or hate. Um, basically, these beings could push our button and suddenly we get angry. Or uh, even a, another human being may say something to us that will you know, make us uh, get angry or go into a fit. And once we go and go into that energy, that being now could feed. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like having an entity where they can control your emotions, control your mind and put you in states of consciousness or keep you in states of consciousness that will continually feed them. So that's how they, they influence us. And that's why healing is so important because if we have a wound within us, that wound could give energy to other beings that are not very friendly to us. Mm -hmm. You know, that so, reminds me of, um, I, I know this is off topic a bit, but oh, it, it reminds me of Bruce Banner, David Banner, whatever name you know him by. He's this normal human being, but he's always angry, always <laughs> angry. And when he releases it, he becomes this green demonic being. That's always attached to them. Is that kind of what it's like where these demonic beings can attach themselves to us and can uh, can take over? Definitely. They could completely take over someone's physical body, kick them out. Um, and, you know, that's basically their goal if they can do that. The thing is that it's the wounds that we carry that invite them into us. So, And, and they can trick you too. Tell them about the story about uh, you were sleeping and the thought came into your head. Oh, okay. There's a lot of stories yeah. about tricking. A lot of thoughts, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, okay, so here's a perfect example. Thank you, Bob. I know. Um, no, I, I, I do this every night. I, I think about <laughs> thoughts, and I say, go away. <laughs> it's not me. Well, It's not me uh, either. So I, I had this uh, meeting with a, uh, a really good friend of mine who's a psychic, and uh, they pulled me aside one day. And they said to me, what if I told you the thoughts that you think and the visions that you see, they're not yours? Hmm. And I said, okay. He goes, when you start to think or you start playing out visions in your mind, he goes, I want you to stop right at the beginning and say, you are not my thoughts. Please leave now. And, you know, this person is a highly gifted psychic and, you know, I really you know, took their words to heart. So I started to do this whenever, you know, you know, when you go to sleep and you're just mind just continually uh, babbles on about oh, nothing. Yes. So that would happen. And I think that's completely normal for everybody. And it would start to happen. I'd say, you're not my thought forms, please leave now. And I treated everything that came into my mind as a foreign intrusion. And anytime I had a thought, I'd stop it. And this went on for a couple months, and then some, something clicked in my brain. 
And when I say clicked, it literally felt like a switch, like clicked over in my brain, something moved <laughs> in my brain. And suddenly it was like, I couldn't think anymore. I just had this like air blowing through my ears. It was quite a great state to be in. And um, not when you're writing a book, but uh... well, that's how that's how I wrote the book. <laughs> I know. You think you just write. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what happened was I was sleeping one night, and I'm having a normal dream, and in the dream I hear my own voice, and it says. Jason, you're dying of cancer. You only have one to two years left. And in this dream, I start getting really sad and upset. And I'm thinking, oh, man, like, I can't believe I'm dying, you know. <laughs> and then it dawned on me in my dream, wait a second, my thoughts are not mine. And I popped out of my body. And I looked beside me in bed and there was a being laying in bed with me speaking in the back of my head. <laughs> wow. And I grabbed this thing by the arm. By the way, these things are totally shocked that you're awake. <laughs> it's like you've caught them. They don't know what to do. And I grabbed this thing and I started, you know, to freak out and say, who are you? What are you doing? And it would just give me a whole bunch of gibberish. And I said, I don't even know why I said this, but I just said, are you a being of the light? And it just calmly said, no, I am not. <laughs> mm. So I said, get out of here. You're no longer allowed to influence or connect to me. You know, just get out of here. There's two, yeah, there's two to things that really scary about this experience. One was the being looked beautiful. It looked like it was an angel. Okay, so it was like glowing white light. So images can be deceiving. You know, don't trust anything. Um, secondly, what if I believed that I was dying of cancer? I believe that if I were to believe that I was dying of cancer, in two years' time, I'd be dead. You would have manifested that, it. That's correct. And I think these beings have that power to... to almost like... Uh, what was that movie with uh, DiCaprio? Uh, Inception. Yeah. You know, you're implanting something so deep that they think it's their own idea. Mm -hmm. That's what these beings do. And they can feed off your fear. Yeah, like that's so they, what they were doing. So they can implant the thought, they can implant the fear, and then now they're connected to you because you've believed it and you are now going into that fear. Yeah, you're you're their lunch for that day. <laughs> or the midnight snack, I guess it would have been. Mm -hmm. So there's this whole world out there, and I had to kind of deal like that was my reality for about five years, where it was like every night I had to deal with this garbage and deal with these beings trying to influence me or take over my body you know it wasn't a fun five years but it's all about a healing journey and when you heal yourself suddenly you shift yourself out of these lower worlds so i i did enough work and suddenly that was no longer my reality it was no longer my experience to deal with that stuff anymore you raised your vibrational frequency yeah yeah by lightening your load. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much time we got left, but maybe we should try to get into the Great Spider's Web. The Great Spider's Web? What is that? This was a, a very interesting experience that I had, um, like <laughs> all the others. Uh, this one, I was sleeping in bed, and 
a loud voice woke me up in the middle of the night. And this voice just said, do you want to know your past lives? And this is kind of like how most of these experiences start, where you're just fast asleep, enjoying your sleep. And suddenly there's either an alien face an inch from your face <laughs> waking you up mm -hmm. and you get completely startled and you just say, go away or try to hit them with a pillow, which was common <laughs> or um, you're just shocked that, you know, you know, someone is in your room saying something to you when you're sleeping. Um, so this person said, do you want to know your past lives? And the first thing I said to them was, no, get out of here. And then I calm myself down and I open my eyes and I can see this being uh, standing in my room and it looked to be about four to five feet tall and it was wearing like a robe like uh, a monk or like one of those Jedi robes, but you mm -hmm. couldn't see any features like you couldn't see a face or anything. Um, and this being came and, you know, uh, they wrote stuff on my wall. And they gave me a mantra uh, to repeat. And then this being started to tell me um, a story, which is a very strange story, uh, which I'll share with you. They said that um, eons and eons ago, and my take on that is that it's billions of years ago, there was a race of beings. Um, they gave me the name for these beings, but um, I, it's not the name that we know on this planet. Um, I think on this planet, we know them as the builders. Um, they say this ancient race of builders, um, they created an infrastructure called the Great Spider Web. And they were so advanced that this Great Spider's Web connected all the planets, all the universes, all the dimensions. And it allowed beings from all over the universe or multi-dimensions to travel these great spider webs to, you know, uh, time travel, visit other beings, go to other civilizations. Um, so this was a very advanced civilization uh, billions of years ago. And what this being said is that those beings, uh, the builders, they've already ascended. They're no longer in any of these timelines. But the infrastructure they created called the Great Spider Web is still here. And it's etheric in nature, it's dimensional in nature. And you can leave your body or travel with your mind through these spider webs. They're almost like wormholes or dimensional portals. And you can go to different places anywhere in space or time. Um, then they said that there was another race of beings um, who also became very advanced. And they also learned about the great spider web, but they found a way how to sever these connections so that they could actually take control of systems for themselves. And then this being said that um, the beings that severed the spider web are what we call the reptilians and mm. that they would sever these cords on many star systems so that they can control entire systems for themselves. And that there are many dimensional beings or many higher beings that have chosen to incarnate in these worlds to try to reconnect these spider webs and awaken the people trapped so that they can once again reconnect themselves 
and heal themselves so they can leave these type of uh, worlds. So basically what this being was telling me was that a very long time ago, um, there, were, there was a, an etheric web system that connected us to every possible place in the universe and beyond. And that was deliberately severed so that we can no longer escape and we can be controlled by a race of beings called the reptilians. Mm -hmm. And Jason is one of these um, higher beings that has been reincarnated on Earth to try to help. But there's more than me. There's no, thousands know, and thousands yes. and thousands. But, um, you know, it's, it, at that time, I've never heard of a reptilian in my life. I've never heard any of these things. So it's almost like getting told this uh, sci-fi story <laughs> in the middle of the night. Um, but the more that I go into this knowledge, um, the more I kind of see that this is kind of the state and reality that we've been stuck in for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Yes. I know that Bob shared with us how he got involved with you, but what made you, Jason, what made you reach out to Bob all I guess last year. Well, you know, you don't really go around <laughs> bragging yeah. about these abilities. Unless you're on a show like this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I've been hiding for my whole life. You know, I don't want to tell people any of these things. I mean, why would I tell people these things? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's a big pill to swallow. But um, I was doing a talk at a uh, conference, at a Dowsing conference, about a year ago, uh, last May. And the topic was um, uh, the great, um, what was it, uh, the worldwide energy grid um, of Tesla and uh, ancient Egypt. So I did this presentation. And basically the presentation was about what happens when you go against the established system. So Tesla did it in our timeline, uh, he went against uh, the power companies and he tried to free the world. And look where that got him. And then I talked about uh, Akhenaten and trying to uh, free the people from economic slavery of the, uh, of the temples and the old God system. So, and that story didn't turn out well for him either. He was erased from the history books. Um, but basically, when I was talking about these topics, I was giving information about a very, very hidden topic that no one really wants to talk about, and is that um, the Earth itself has an energy system to it. And that's what all these pyramids were built uh, and set up with, was these, um, this ancient grid system of energy. And when I started to... Um, delve into this, I started to get energetically attacked and I started to develop uh, physical symptoms. I started to get like, it's almost like mosquito bites all over my body. Mm. Very, very painful. And it got worse and worse for about a month. So every day was worse than the day before. And I basically lost my vision. I couldn't move. I couldn't eat. I, I, my skin was falling off. Like I was, I don't know what was going on with me, but, but I went to every doctor again, got every test 
and they basically told me that I'm a medical anomaly and they have no idea what's going on with me because all my numbers are better than an average person. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make any sense. But basically, um, I was dying and I was energetically poisoned um, and I was going through uh, what is known in shamanism as a reliving. So I was actually um, in a past life, I was poisoned and was dying in that past life. And I brought that energy forward into this life. Mm. So I was actually manifesting my death from a past life in this life, which was not nice. Um, and as I was dying, the only thing I was thinking of was if I die, nobody's going to know my story. You know, I've hid for so long, like no one's going <laughs> to hear what I have to say. And it was about a month after I healed from that, that I went to the Alien Cosmic Expo, which is the first time I ever got associated with that group. And in my mind was like, I have to write a book. I have to tell my story. Um, and right when I had that thought form, suddenly I meet a guy named Bob Mitchell. And he says to me, I want to write a book on you. And I say, that's fantastic. I just decided I wanted to write a book too. <laughs> so it was almost like the universe perfectly joined us in synchronicity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I finally decided it was time. And, you know, I, you fear a lot what people are going to think. You know, this is not normal information. And I, I have trouble reading my own book because there's so much things in this book that are so personal to me and so out there that I can't believe this exists in this world, mm. <laughs> this, the information in this book. So that's why I wrote it and, and Bob was there to, to do it. And you know what? Me and Bob, we just clicked and we're going to be working on many other projects in the future. And we're currently working on a new project too. So which is highly top secret at this point. Yeah, we, we might get assassinated if we yeah. <laughs> can't, can't tell you about it. All we can say is that when it comes out, it will be number one without a doubt. <laughs> and you'll want us back, and you'll want to have us back on your show. Oh, I certainly will. The both both of you are fantastic. I know you know Bob. I've had you on before. Every time yeah. I've had you on, it's been a great show, Jason. Yeah. Same thing with you. The first time now. I know the Alien Cosmic Expo was brought up in 11 days. Yeah. It's coming back. Coming back and bigger than ever. Um, a lot of interesting things are happening. Uh, Jason and I are actually closing the expo at uh, on Sunday afternoon where we're going to be talking about, uh, well, some of the stuff we talked about tonight because we only have about an hour on stage to talk. So um, so that'll be interesting to see what we can how we can get it down to a, an hour. Um, but throughout the weekend, I mean, uh, it's uh, June 24th to 26th in Brantford at the Best Western Plus. Um, I always forget the name of this place. The Best Western Plus Brant Park Inn and Conference Center. Um, June 24th to 26th on the 25th is going to be the first ever Canadian National Inquiry into UFOs and extraterrestrials involving seven experts and they are Richard Dolan, Stanton Friedman, uh, Stephen Bassett, Grant Cameron, uh, Nick Pope 
and Travis Walton are going to be, uh, and Paul Hellyer. Uh, they're all going to be on stage uh, telling uh, a panel of journalists what's really going on in the world. And the panel of journalists is going to be made up of mainstream journalists. We'll hopefully go back and write about it and tell the world things that uh, have only been, people can only get on shows like yourselves. Um, it's the first time it's ever been held in Canada. And um, it's organized by Victor Vigiani. And uh, he's the lead guy. I'm helping him with that. And uh, we're hoping this will be stir up some uh, controversy and open some eyes to people. Um, and Friday, it's Experiencer Day, and that's uh, people who have had experiences can come and talk about it in a room with other well-known experiencers and uh, in a safe and non-judgmental way. And at uh, Friday night, there's a dinner, and Travis Walton's going to be the, the keynote speaker, and he's going to show his uh, documentary, uh, Travis, the Travis Walton story. Uh, Saturday, uh, af after the hearing, we're going to have uh, guest speakers all day long. Um, I'm going to give a spiel on uh, my book, What If, uh, about the lady who claims to be telepathically connected with a gray. Um, and, you know, um, Nick Pope and Richard Dolan will give their uh, main lectures at nighttime. And Sunday, we're all back at it again. And as I said, we end with Jason and myself. Uh, of course, everybody's coming to hear Jason, not myself on that one. But, uh, um, it's it's going to be an exciting weekend and bigger than ever. Bob, I remember one, I don't know if it was the last time we spoke or the t the first time, but I remember a conversation we had about an experiencer who had encountered an alien and this alien could implant images into that person's mind that can make them see something that's not even there. Oh, I think they all can. Yeah. I think... I think all of the physical aliens are, have the ability to do that. Uh, um, there was a girl named Kelly, uh, I think we talked about, and she was made to, to think that um, she was seeing a, a restaurant with Christmas lights, mm -hmm. very inviting for a little girl at Christmas time. And when she went inside, of course, it was a, a saucer. And, um, and another time she, she saw a house uh, with, uh, you know, Christmas lights on and, and, went in that again and again it was inside a, a alien spaceship um uh i had another lady who christmas seems to be a, a theme for a lot of people because merry she saw christmas. christmas yeah she saw christmas trees floating across the lake and it turned out it wasn't a, a christmas tree at all um but that happens quite often and um and i think it's a way sometimes for them to make uh, people who are abducted uh, relaxed. Mm -hmm. um, but that's in the physical form. As I mentioned to you before, I, I think uh, m more and more that uh, the vast majority of abductions are actually taking place in the astral world, that uh, they're abducting the consciousness mm -hmm. and, and, and not the, the actual physical body, because I don't think they need to do that anymore. Um, they're, they're, they've become so adept and so advanced at this that... Um, they can just let you sleep and take you on a little journey. Mm -hmm. And just like you know, I mentioned when, to you, Timothy yeah. Good had believed that he was astrally abducted by aliens. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's a real possibility because uh, it explains why people, um, you know, say they've been taken up through the roof or through a portal. Because you know when Jason talks about all his um, 
experiences. There's a portal involved a, a lot of the times. And, and so many people who I've talked to who, you know, swear they've had this physical abduction, they, they almost all say they're at some point they've been a, taken right up through the roof of their house. And that's pretty hard to do in a physical body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the portal too. Um, one of the things that Jason said uh, that happened to him all the time, and, and I know when he says this, I can imagine people in the audience thinking, oh yeah, when he says that he's been you know, taken out of the bo- body and, and, and sh- shot up to outer space. And, and when you think about that, a lot of people say, oh, this is well, well, a bunch of crap. But really, uh, almost everybody that I've talked to that can do astral traveling or have had some amazing astral traveling experience it's always the same. They they are shot up into outer space. So it seems to be something that um, is what happens during that experience. Uh, Jason isn't the only one. People who, who don't have the experiences that Jason has, but just has this one incredible experience at one time, they were shot up in outer space and then shown something on the earth and brought right back down again. So that seems to be something that happens all the time. So. Mm. Now, Jason, well, what is your take on alien beings being able to project images to a person, holograms or whatever it is, such as Christmas trees? I think it just makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people, people don't understand that some of these beings are across the universe and they don't even have to travel here. They can do it telepathically. So they can actually communicate with you and set up a scene in your mind uh, using um, telepathy or or a type of remote viewing where, um, let's say, um, I'm speaking to um, a reptilian from Sagittarius system. Now, they're in Sagittarius. I'm on Earth. But what they do with their mind is they actually set up the environment and they pull my consciousness into that environment and I, it's almost like I'm in a room with these beings and it feels completely real, like the, you're in the matrix or something. Mm-hmm. And then when you're done with the conversation, I'm back, woken up in bed. Mm. I, I had one experiencer tell me that um, many times he was put in scenarios. And in one scenario, uh, he's in this, it looked like a condominium. Um, everything was modern in this condominium uh, the way it should be in today except there was one thing that was out of place and that was there was a black uh telephone that sat on a table and it was as if that uh, whatever being was putting this scenario in his mind they didn't get it all right they 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 put a 1950s phone in a you know 2016 room um but other than that everything looked normal but there was just that one thing that was out of place. So, yeah, so it's uh, there, there's little things. I mean, a lot of people have strange experiences, and, and if they really think about it, they they may remember there's something out of place that, that shouldn't have been there, mm-hmm. yet, it, yet it is. Um, I had somebody tell me that uh, if, you're, if you completely forget where you put something, it means that um, they've, they've taken you, they've put you back, but uh, something is not quite in the place where it was when you left. And so that's why you can't figure out where it is, but you eventually find it. I don't know what, how much truth there is to that, or it's just somebody, you know, getting a little old. I'll take that explanation over my uh, bad memory. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> well, we all seem to have some memory lapses and uh, at the strangest times. I mean, I'm, I think I mentioned before, like we all have these episodes where we're driving and for life, you can't figure out how you got from point A to point B, but you did. Mm -hmm. And that happens. I think everybody has that. And I don't know what that is. Yes. But, but it, uh, and anybody who has that get into an accident, which would seem really strange, but, uh, is that, does that mean part of your consciousness is at the wheel and the other part of the consciousness is somewhere else for that, uh, few moments i don't know i don't either i know i'm hearing an alien it sounds like oh that might have been my cat <laughs> oh that might have been i just thought it was an alien oh well usually <laughs> my cat and dog are right beside me but i don't know what my dog is to me because i don't know what aliens sound like but it might sound like a cat uh it might or it might sound like the new show hunters that's on tv have you seen that one yet? i have not w what channel oh uh it's on bravo up here i don't know what's on there but uh if you get a chance to uh, Get it on, um, you know, Netflix or watch the whole series. It's a book by Ripley Streber. Mm, okay. Called, called called Alien Hunters, and it's uh, it's got a little reptilian thing in there with a takeover of Earth, and very fascinating. Yes. Uh, now, Jason, I know we've talked about uh, mantids and rep reptilians. Yeah. What about the gray aliens that just seems to be everywhere? I have never had a contact with a gray alien. So I've never seen what people are describing, but I have had many encounters of gray-like beings. Um, so I've seen what a couple that are very tall, um, but their skin wasn't gray. It was almost like a salmon-y color. Mm -hmm. And it looked like it was very weathered, uh, like they were living in a, a desert or a sand type environment. Um, then there's, um, others that were, I would say energetic because I can see their energy fields and, um, they were actually quite beautiful, uh, big guys and, you know, big heads, um, and their energy was, um, like you can see their auric field around them. And, you know, these are characteristics of what we would call gray aliens, but I've never had a physical contact of what's being described here. Okay. But, but that leads to me to something else that I've always thought about. Uh, let, let's assume that, that there uh, are three or four um, good, for the want of a better word, good alien species that are uh, in cahoots with government, say, and, and they're not doing anything bad, per se. Uh, there's supposed to be 80 species, at least, of, of different aliens, and, and some of them are not all nice. And some of the not nice ones may be the ones doing a lot of the abductions. And, and I would think that if they are doing abductions and they want to hide and they can make you think anything you want, wouldn't the greys be a perfect fall guy for mm -hmm. everything? I mean, if, 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 because it's so much embedded in our psychic that a grey alien, you know, right, I think from the day that Webley Strieber put that thing on this cover, um, that people assume that's the one doing the abduction. So why not make people think that they're the bad guys doing it. True. And, and the real people can hide behind whatever facade they, they can do it. I mean, I don't think there is a wrong or right answer to anything when it comes to, you know, the world of multi-dimension or, or aliens because we're only looking at it through our third-dimensional mind. And mm -hmm. um, that's very limited. Except for Jason. He, he seems yes. to really have a true he grasp can, on it. 
think he uses more than 10% of his brain. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much, but... I think I use more when I'm sleeping. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's when you go to work. That's right. <laughs> I've had people tell me that when they go, when they go to uh, sleep and they go to these other astral worlds that they have whole lives there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, they, and that's why they're so tired when they wake up in the morning because they've... They've spent an entire lifetime with the new family and the kids, and yeah. they got to come back to this life and go to work. I've been there before. It's almost felt like it's another life, and then you wake yeah. up. Yeah. And then you ask yourself, was that just a dream? Because it sure as hell felt real. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jason would say that it, it wasn't a dream. <laughs> it, it, part of the dream was actually real. We try to convince ourselves that they're just dreams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the self-programming because, you know, if if a UFO landed in your backyard and your whole family saw it, in a couple days, all of you are going to question if you what? even saw that thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And half of the family is going to say, don't talk to anybody about this. Right. So it's almost like we're self-programming ourselves yeah. to not believe a reality that we're facing because I think it's easier and we don't want to face uh, those topics because those topics uh, open a can of worms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, have a funny little um, vignette to tell you. I, I actually don't think I've ever told Jason this story, but it, it sort of falls into that. Um, my niece, uh, one of my nieces, she's in her twenties now, uh, but when she was about eleven, I think, and in, in Oakville, um, she swears, and even to this day, it still scares the living daylights out of her. But, but it's her reaction and the reaction of of my sister-in-law. Um, she opens the back door to try to get the cat to come in and she swears when she opens the back door, there's this creature crouching down with, uh, big eyes and very skinny arms and legs and looks like it's hiding or scared, you know, stiff and it's against the wall. And she, she becomes terrified, shuts the door, runs down to the rec room where the mother and dad are watching something on TV and she's trying to tell them that there's this creature in the backyard. And my sister-in-law, which is her mother, says to her at the time, well, what do you want me to do? Bring him in here in the house and then call the police? They're only going to take it away and lock it up. Let it, let it be. It'll go, it'll go away. So that was her reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, you know, what would you do? It's not like E.T. You bring it in the house and what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, who do you call? You know, you, you got to call somebody. Because it probably isn't like E.T. And you don't know what it's going to give you. So mm-hmm. it might even eat the cat. So who knows? What the, it's out. It might be such a traumatic experience for someone to come in contact with an alien being yeah. that they would just black out. Yeah. They will yeah. have no memory and they'll just lose hours. Like people will just lose hours and they will not know what happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it mm-hmm. could be a completely life-changing traumatic experience that just shuts them off <laughs> completely. And never goes back there again. That's true. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. You know, Bob, when you were speaking of uh, these negative beings that has bad intentions for us, yeah. that they might actually be among us, my mind was going to maybe they're politicians. Oh, Who wow. else is screwing up our world? I know. Well... Some of them might be. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think I buy the the you know the, the reptilian Queen Elizabeth uh, thing. I, I don't think I quite buy that. But uh, 
Um, I do think, as I say, the world is not the what we think it is. Things are not the way they seem, that is for sure. And the sooner more people start questioning some of the logic or even questioning their history. You start questioning the history and, and, and things don't make sense, then things today, a lot of it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So. Now, gentlemen, before we head out, is there anything you would like to share with the audience? Mm. Well, there's lots we'd like to share, but we can't share it. Well, okay. <laughs> just, just, just say that uh, stay tuned and hopefully before November... There'll be a new book that will rock the world. Do we have a title for it? No, not yet. Uh, we're, we're working on a few titles, but uh, uh, let's just say it's along the theme of the world we live in ain't what it really is. And uh, this one really will take a different, it's a different look than what we've given with forbidden knowledge, put it that way. Um, but you'll have two books to compare and, Somewhere in between both of them is is the reality. And I think they actually are both the reality. So there's a multidimensional reality and there's a physical reality. Mm-hmm. So, and this is more of a physical reality book that we're, we're going to be bringing out. Yes. And Jason, how do you pronounce your last name? Because I've been pronouncing it like quit. That's perfect. Okay. That's good. And, and, uh, maybe give our websites out. Uh, yes. Jason, give them your website. It's uh, thecrystalsun.com. That's thecrystalsun.com. And you'll find uh, the Egyptian postures on there and uh, crystals and other great things. <laughs> and um, mine is bobmitchellauthor.simplesite.com. And uh, uh, you'll get all, all the books there. And, and our books are on amazon.com. Um uh, we've had some problems with the Kindle version. We're still trying to work that out. There was some uh, technical difficulty, so the Kindle version has been pulled from sale for right now. But, but the uh, the paperback is much better. You get a get something to read and put on an airplane easily. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's again, it's Forbidden Knowledge: Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler. Amazon.com. Number one in Kindle UFOs for quite a while until we had these technical difficulties. But yes. I'm sure we'll be back on top and as soon as we get these figured out. What kind of technical difficulties? Just formatting problems? Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, we're not quite sure why some of the pages are uh, lower than they should be. But, uh, uh, no, they, but they, they work perfectly on the book. I don't know what it is with the Kindle. No, uh, Kindle has a big issue of uh, translating uh, PDF documents into Kindle version. Mm. So it just kind of mangles all the pictures and words together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, so not- a few people complained and they just banned us for a while. So. Well, I'm sorry But I'm back that. on Facebook now. I was banned off of Facebook for quite a while. So... Um, that's that got straightened out. How does a person get banned off of Facebook? Uh, I don't know, but I I would <laughs> you know when we first start open you know first published the book I was doing a lot of posts telling people you know where we are like like tonight I I posted that we were on this show and I was doing that and all of a sudden um, one day it said uh, uh, you've been temporary blocked from posting mm. and it literally lasted for about a month. Wow. I, I, I could only post to myself. I couldn't post to any of the, you know, 50 or 60 groups that uh, I was connected to. So mm-hmm. 
but you know it's not a conspiracy um things strange things started to happen once we put that book out yeah and we've gotten messages um from accounts or reviews from different accounts that when you click on them it's like 100 percent fake accounts so it's a very strange thing being on this uh this internet blacklist, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a lot of most of the reviews are great, and then you'll you'll have one that's like you wonder if the guy has or the girl has actually read the book, or you know, or what is the motive for you know saying what he's saying. So exactly. And um, and ladies and gentlemen, Bob and Jason will be at the Alien Cosmic Expo, and I believe you said it will start on Friday, June the twenty fourth. Yeah, 25th and 26th, and we're also going to be, if anybody's out on the West Coast in October, uh, it's called UFO Con, I think it's called. Is that what it's called, Jason? Yep, UFO Con. Con with, um, so we're going to be out there at a conference, um, I think it's 6, 7, 8 of October. Um, So if anybody's out in San Jose area, that's where they'll see us. Mm Mm-hmm. Well... Bob and Jason, thank you so much for appearing on this program. I know the audience has enjoyed it. And ladies and gentlemen, their book is Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler. And that is Jason Quit. Just quit it. Quit it (laughs) now. Uh, Sorry, anyway. Quit this reality. Exactly. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Bob Mitchell and Jason Quit. And again, their book is Forbidden Knowledge. Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler. And you can find that book by going to mysteriousmatters.com slash forbidden. Well, ladies and gentlemen, until the next time we do come together, I wish you all a kind farewell. <laughs>